0: What if somebody throws a spring competition at one position and three or four people show up and nothing happens? Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Orioles 8, Pirates 0 yesterday in Sarasota. A pretty common output over the course of this Grapefruit League schedule for the Pirates, meaning they didn't really hit at all. uh, No runs, five hits. And part of the reason that they've had the lousy offensive numbers that they have is that they've been giving a really big opportunity maybe in some cases a once in a lifetime opportunity for the individual to three different players vying for the second base job and now because none of those three players were doing anything there's a fourth and you know that that's not great rodolfo castro is expected of course to be the starter, but he's not anointed, and that's something that both Derek Shelton and Ben Charrington had made clear before the spring even came around. They weren't just going to hand him the job. He was going to have to show something more than the occasional home run. He was going to have to show more bat-to-ball. He was going to have to show a better strike zone awareness. He was going to have to be able to handle off-speed pitches better, and, yeah, he also was going to have to show at least a little bit of improvement, Defensively, Castro's hitting 211, and he has struck out 16 times in 33 plate appearances. That's a lot of error. And that's a lot of not impressing anyone. Now you would hope that as a result of this, the other people involved would go, oh wow, here I go. I'm gonna jump all over this. But Jihuan Bay and Tucapita Marcano are both in the 180s. Both of them are striking out a lot. Marcano struck out once in the spring, and this went viral in the video if you missed it, in a matter of just seconds. Some New York lefty just attacked him, just boom, 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 sit down. And in Bay's case, I'm disappointed myself because he was my guy. He was my pick-to-click here because of his skill set and how it aligns with baseball's new rules. I'm not even talking about pitch clock here as much as I am Uh, his ability to steal effortlessly and how that would be enhanced by having the pitcher allowed to make only two pickoff throws. He also should be benefiting from the lack of shift because he can put the ball in play and he has tremendous speed, and you would think that if there's a hole here or there, including up the middle that he'd be able to pounce on it better than guys who'd been raised in the launch angle era and have been taught pretty much to only go deep or walk, go deep or walk. Oh, and while you're at it, strike out a ton. This player is different based on his pedigree and based on the way he came up through the minors, and yet nothing's really clicked for him. So into that mix, Charrington added Mark Mathias coming over from the Rangers camp, he had an outstanding finish to his 2022 season, five homers, nine, nineteen OPS. This was only over 24 games, but it's the kind of thing that catches attention across the baseball world when it does. Think of Yoshi a couple of Septembers ago, Yoshi Tsutsugo. So they want to look at him. They want to see him. He's in camp. He hasn't played all that much yet. We'll see if the usage of Matthias Change is coming soon. Shelton has thrown some hints to that effect, but until he starts writing the kid's name down in the lineup every day, you're not going to know. Look, one way or another, this is not a positive. This is not a good thing. Uh, What you don't want anytime you set up a competition is for the gun to go off, the starting gun, and then everybody just falls on their collective faces. That's what's happened so far. Now, Is it time to panic over second base? Maybe for 2023 it is. In the long run, you still have Nick Gonzalez. Remember, that's where he's projected to play. And I know there's people who are down on Gonzalez. I know people who are close to the team who are down on Gonzalez. But he had a pretty nice spring offensively. He never needs to be great defensively if his bat plays the way it should have or the way it's expected to, based on his high first-round pedigree. If he can hit, he's going to be the second baseman. And maybe that's really the main takeaway from this whole situation, that if someone was going to come along and hijack what should end up being Gonzalez's position, then things were going to get really interesting. But about Castro, about Castro, I happen to be skeptical about him. I can tell you that from the conversations that I have, people who are in or close to the organization, that I'm in the minority on this. There is a belief that there's something in that bat. There's something that can become, I don't like to use the word special, special to me, you say for O'Neill Cruz. Okay. But there's something in that bat that can be unusual for that position in terms of power. You will remember, When he first came up a couple of years ago, that cameo, historic cameo performance with five home runs in his first five big league games. Uh, And right off the bat, people set unreasonable goals for uh, a youngster. And hey, I'm not going to argue with the pop or the potential for more pop. But I gotta see more productivity. I gotta see, I gotta see the kind of transformation that we saw with Cruz through the second half of last August and through the end of the season. You remember what I'm talking about there? You know what I mean? He, just looked different at the plate. He looked more patient. He looked more aware of how he was being pitched and why. And he looked a whole lot more confident, as if he was striding into the box with answers now instead of questions. And then from there, all he had to do was just be himself and just somehow find a way to lay even a splinter of his bat on the ball, and it was going to go wherever it was that he wanted. Castro needs to find some of that. He's got to get more selective. He's got to find a hitting zone, not the strike zone, a hitting zone, a quadrant of the strike zone where he can really let it fly. And then do exactly that when we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street Today's J1Q comes from Casey, and boy, is it good. Plain and simple, who should start in center field? You know what's funny, Casey? This would normally seem like a a joke question. You know, if you had brought it up with somebody a couple months ago, setting aside the whole Brian Reynolds contract slash trade demand drama and everything else, it'd be farcical to even be putting it on the table. However... The Pirates did put it on the table this spring by trying Jack Sawinski out there. In fact, Sawinski's had more time in center than Reynolds has. Reynolds has been slid back over to left, which you'll recall was where he was when he first came up with the Pirates. And then two funny things happened along the way. One, Sawinski really isn't that good in center. Uh, He's got some natural abilities, but they didn't translate well to that position in this spring training. Does that mean he can never play there? Of course not. Bradenton, as I've told you guys a zillion times, is uh, a unicorn when it comes to playing defense. There's no place like it anywhere in baseball. It's extremely difficult, but especially for the outfielders. High sky, heavy winds, all that stuff. Second, and this one's more troubling by far, he hasn't really hit. You know, there's been you know a couple of occasions where he's made significant contact and you think, yeah, there's the rookie who hit the 19 home runs in just 106 games last season. But he's still not making regular contact. He's got that new, more open stance. And I told you guys when I was down there, he was in a great mood about it, felt like this was going to be the thing that changed everything. It hasn't. It hasn't, whereas at the same time, we've seen Travis Swaggerty, speaking of former first-round picks, as I was with Gonzalez, look like he's making some kind of breakthrough. Uh, Offensively, he's showing power and production and really everything. Kid looks complete. On top of that, he's played some center field down there, and he's looked good on a couple of occasions, particularly one throw that he made early in the Grapefruit League schedule to home, has looked fabulous. So what do you do there? This is probably a different discussion for another full episode some point soon. But any call that gets made here, if it's between Sawinski and Swaggery or if Kanan Smith Najigba, who's also had a good spring, is in that mix as well. I should throw in Connor, Joe, too. This is all going to come down to Sawinski because what ends up happening is a player has a season like the one he had. And what you don't want to do is have him get into any kind of regular pattern of making backwards steps. Do you follow me on this? You get to the bigs. You hit the 19 bombs. You have the Father's Day masterpiece and everything else. And the game can look easy for you. And you believe that this is where you should be. So when you make the backward step, which Jack obviously ended up doing in the middle of last summer, and he had no problem with it, I should add, because he was really dying in the box by that point. He eventually gets back on the horse, comes back up to Pittsburgh, looks kind of okay, everything seems all right. Now you go into the next season, and do you really want to demote him because of a spring output? Or do you want to say, let's just continue with that whole horse riding thing? It's not, not easy. I would not want to be... Uh, Shelton and Charrington and everybody else who's involved in this trying to make that decision. I appreciate the question I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow